This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Pentagon Space Development Agency is only about a year and a half old. But on Friday, the agency awarded a contract that will go a long way towards fulfilling one of its main missions, building a new architecture of low-Earth orbit satellites. They'll detect military threats and move data to and from the battlefield. The $18 million task order for mission systems engineering and integration went to Perspecta. Ryan Frim is deputy director of the Space Development Agency. He spoke with Jared Serbu about what the contract means for the initial tranche of the new space architecture. Tranche Zero, our warfighter immersion tranche, is the first set of capabilities that we're going to put up to demonstrate proliferated architecture. That tranche, Tranche Zero, consists of two space segments. There's a, a transport layer, which consists of 20 satellites that provide that comm mesh, work, uh, mesh network backbone, uh, 20 satellites that have optical crosslinks and uh, tactical data links to talk to the tactical users, as well as a tracking layer that has consists of eight satellites with wide field of view OPIR sensors for uh, detection and tracking of advanced missile threats. One ground segment that's provided by the Naval Research Lab through an MOA that we have with NRL, and that's to use their Blossom Point tracking facility to fly and operate this TransZero satellite. And then a launch segment that's out for industry proposals right now to actually put uh, the, deliver these satellites on orbit at the end of FY22. So the job of the MSDNI is really to pull all those segments together to form an integrated and interoperable uh, TransZero system. Can you talk about that philosophy a little bit, why, why you decided to go with a vendor to do all that integration work rather than having the government be the, the integrator? Yeah, absolutely. So the MSDNI is a fairly unique scope. Uh, there's traditional systems engineering and integration work that needs to be done. There are segments that are being developed under separate contracts that uh, have interfaces that need to be defined and verified, and then all that needs to be pulled together to deliver uh, an overall Tronzero mission system. But it's important that that uh, contractor that, or that person that's pulling all of that together has a, a performer mentality, right? There is a, it has to be a focus on delivery, not just engineering support or program facilitation. So we thought it was important to actually get an industry partner on board that could actually help us pull all that together that has that sort of focus on delivery and and can pull all these systems together. And, and breaking Tranche Zero into multiple contracts, that was a choice, I, I assume. You, get, you guys must have thought about the possibility of just doing one large award for integration and transport and tracking and ground. Why, why did you ultimately decide to break this into four smaller contracts? We ultimately uh, broke it up because of the, the different aspects that we wanted to achieve through the various contracts. Uh, through the solicitation and award of the transport and tracking uh, contracts, we really wanted to, to procure those on firm fixed price contracts. We wanted to demonstrate that we could deliver those on a fixed schedule under a fixed cost and that industry could support that. We wanted multiple vendors. And, and so the, that was the way to go about. Uh, we, we also knew that we wanted to leverage what was out there. Um, NRL is a very um, helpful mission partner. And so we wanted to take advantage of their capabilities for the ground. And so by having made those choices, that was the best thing, the way to get the best value for the government and ultimately deliver TransZero most effectively. I think one of the most interesting pieces of this award was the speed. I mean, the RFP for the contract we're talking about now was just in June. You got an award three and a half months later. 
how did you manage to to turn this around so quickly using a traditional far based contract? Yeah, thanks. Uh, there was nothing magic about the, our contracting approach, as you mentioned. You know, we, we found that the FAR is actually quite flexible and useful to get things done. And the reason we were able to be successful is because we have a very talented, dedicated, motivated team. And and the reason we achieve that is because they all we share a singular focus, and that's being the department's constructive disruptor for space. And the team knows that we need to get space capabilities out um, to the wife rider at the speed of need. And the reason we can in- inculcate that culture is because we are a lean organization and an independent agency. So that becomes much easier. And we know that we have to do our part. Uh, the department has given us a mission and an autonomy to execute it. We were resource and appropriated in FY20 to be able to get started. And we know that national defense is counting on us. So we could take longer in source selection, but we know that's just eating into time to deliver the overall capability. So our team shares that singular focus in terms of speed. And so we're trying to do our part. And in all of this, you know, I have to acknowledge industry's role in that success as well. Um, we, we asked for a very quick um, bid and proposal periods, 30 days, the minimum that the FAR allows during sort of unprecedented times with COVID. And so we received multiple um, FFP offers in the case of transport and tracking, as well as uh, multiple cost reimbursable bids for the MSE and I. And we know that that is difficult, particularly for the FFPs to turn that around and get management approval. So I want to acknowledge your part in in this quick turnaround for us to be able to make these awards and move out on on the capabilities that we desperately need. As I look kind of quickly through the performance work statement for for this particular contract, my sense of it is you guys were not incredibly specific with your requirements. What I'm trying to say is you really didn't over-specify what you wanted the vendor to do here and gave them quite a bit of flexibility as to how to actually achieve the objectives. Am I, am I reading that right? Yeah, I think you are. And that could be said um, more broadly for a lot of our acquisitions so far. We know exactly the, the capabilities we want to deliver, but we don't want to over-specify, right? We want to go out and find industry partners that share that vision and can come back and tell us how they're, they're going to deliver it under firm fixed price contracts where it, where it exists or cost reimbursable ones. And so uh, we, we did that here with MSCNI. That is the approach we took. You know, we we specified the the major responsibilities that we wanted from uh, from the MSCNI contractor. You know, overall systems engineering and integration, defining and verifying all the interfaces, integrating gap filling and delivering the T zero mission system, as well as planning and executing the capstone to demonstrate and validate the mission system in in FY twenty three. We also coupled that with some other approaches that we use again off bar based. Um, we used. Uh, oral presentations to help understand uh, the mentality that the teams brought from their key personnel. And that was a significant added value to this approach as well. And I think as as part of that flexibility, one thing you did here is you did the award first, and then you tell the vendor that they've got 30 days to develop a systems engineering and integration plan for how this is actually going to work. Is there some risk to that approach? I mean, what if they come back with a plan that the government thinks is no good? Well, certainly there's risk uh, for any approach, but the way we mitigate it is we actually asked for um, drafts of those plans during the actual proposal, and that was considered in our evaluation as well. Hmm. So from from the evaluation on through execution, we we had some idea of the risk that we were accepting or that um, or were not accepting a, a, as proposed and as awarded. 
Fair enough. Is this is this kind of speed something you think we should expect to continue to see from SDA in, in future acquisitions and future tranches as you can continue to build out this architecture? Absolutely. We know, again, we, we are in fixed schedules to deliver the systems. So we need to be very fast in, in stating our requirements, soliciting for those requirements, evaluating uh, proposals against those, and, and getting people on contract. The quicker that we can do the contracting piece, the more time that we give um, ourselves and our industry partners to actually deliver the systems. And in fact, uh, this morning, we're releasing the RFI for Tranche 1, right on the heels of awarding everything that we need for uh, Tranche 0. And that's because we know uh, the timeline to FY24 isn't much longer than the timeline to FY22. So we're going to put that out there so that we can start work on, on the next tranche and start thinking about that. Uh, tranche 1 is largely proliferating what will be demonstrated in Tranche 0, but we're still assessing you know, overall military utility as well as technology and manufacturing readiness levels to define that Tranche 1 minimum viable product. We use our Warfighter Council for the military utility piece of that. Uh, but the RFI supports the TRL and NRL market research that we're trying to do. So we're already thinking about Tranche 1 as we look forward to the future. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.